Welcome back to the last hour of Blair and Barker before we move to 11 to noon Eastern on Tuesday. Uh, by the way, the uh, Between the Lines segment we just did, that was uh, Between the Lines. It's brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a hole in the game. I wanted to give a shout out to Bet Rivers for uh, being part of the part of the family all season long. We mm-hmm. appreciate their uh, involvement. And uh, we had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I was right most. And of the time. I was right most of the time. I kept track. <laughs> I kept track. What was what, uh, Andrew? Uh, a lot to what did a we say it was? Finally, a lot to a little. I, on I this was side. like, I was like eighty-two percent. I think we said. <laughs> Anyhow, there's some discrepancy here. He thinks yeah. I was right thirty-three yeah. percent of the time. I think it was eighty-two. Yeah, it's going around. You know, there's a lot of discrepancy. It's going around. Let's bring in Dan Shulman. The t- <clears throat> holy cow! Let's bring in Dan Shulman, the TV voice. Of the Blue Jays and uh, Mr. Shulman, before we talk about baseball, et cetera, et cetera, what's your first hoops gig this year? Do you know yet? Ooh. Uh, I don't have my schedule yet. Um, I do know on November the 15th, I will do something called the Champions Classic, which is a doubleheader that's held every year. Michigan State, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky. They just rotate Ooh. who they play every year. So I'll be in Chicago for that. I may have a game on Friday, November the 11th, but I don't know. So I've got... Wow. Uh, Quite frankly, I've got a little bit more time off than I wanted or expected, but I've got a few weeks off till I get going. Yeah, there's a lot of that going around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Believe me, there's a lot of that going around. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, I just want to ask, what, yeah, what's, yeah. what's your favorite place to go to in basketball? Like, is there a yeah. favorite? Is there a, is there a craziest place? Yeah, uh, uh, Kansas is my favorite, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody expects the answer to be Duke. Yeah, because, and I it, did. It's funny. Like 90% of the Canadians I know who give a hoot about college basketball mm-hmm. love Duke. Um, mm-hmm. They all love Duke, which I get. Duke's a, a, you know, a great brand. Uh, and I have Duke second on my list, but Kansas is like walking back in time, Kevin. It's like you walk in and it's like 1952. It's just the, the absolute coolest place. I will tell you, uh, honorable mention, Indiana, Purdue, and I'm, and I'm not joking here, uh, I've done games at your spot at Blacksburg. Ooh. I two years ago I did Virginia at Virginia Tech, and I tell you those folks at Virginia Tech mm-hmm. they can get riled up like nobody's business. Yeah. And when Duke comes to town or when Virginia comes to town, I mean it is on. It's one of the loudest places I've ever been. It's really fun. But Kansas would be number one. That's awesome. Uh, all right, you had a uh, couple of days one day i don't know less than 72 hours less than 48 hours to digest what we saw in minnesota dan um you figured it out yet (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i think the three of us understand what happened right um so but i I mean there are a lot of things are you talking about barrios kikuchi specifically or bigger picture stuff where Uh, where are you aiming right now barrios and kikuchi specifically and then bigger picture stuff Okay, so full disclosure, uh, two things. Uh, I think analytics are good. I think, by and large, they have helped guys play smarter, better baseball. Um, Also, full disclosure, and other members of the media can back this up, before game one in John Schneider's office, I asked him, is there a chance that Yusei Kikuchi could have a bigger role in this series than just somebody takes a comeback or off the knee or the game's in extra innings? And, like, I wouldn't ask that unless I was interested in it. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I thought it was possible that they could deploy him in such a way that it could help them. Um, here's, I guess, where I diverge from, you know, uh, some other things. So, but back to the analytics are good. Like analytics made Ross Stripling a better pitcher, made Robbie Ray a better pitcher. Like it's great for stuff like that. But, um, 
you know, when we saw Kikuchi come out like 20 minutes before first pitch of game two, it, you know, it didn't take a rocket scientist to know he's coming in. He's coming in. So there are a number of things I don't, didn't get about it. Um, uh, I'm, I think it matters that Barrios was pitching great. Most um, analysts, for lack of a better term, would say the fact that he was dealing doesn't mean he's going to keep dealing. There's no correlation between I'm dealing and I'm going to keep dealing. To me, there is. I'm sure to you guys there is. Um, but uh, I thought if it had been sixth inning, third time through the order, that's different than fourth time, second time through the order. Barrios does not show any weakness this year, second time through the order. The numbers are almost identical to first time through the order. Um, I also didn't like that Kikuchi had to come in with a man on base. I would have only done this if Kikuchi was starting in it. And I know he needed time to warm up because he's a starting pitcher, but I wouldn't have had him kept getting up and down and up and down. Like if that's what's going on, that's for Cabrera. That's for Mesa. If you, if you need them there. Um, and the other thing I don't get is Bassett's right, left splits are way bigger than Barrios's right, left splits. So obviously you couldn't do this with Kikuchi two days in a row. So why are you doing it with Barrios? Mm. Is it because, is it because you trust Bassett more? Well, if you trust Bassett more, why didn't Bassett pitch game two? Mm. Um, like, to, so again, I'm not saying there was no, uh, there are times and reasons and places where you can make things, uh, I think make sense. But to me, it was too early. There was a man on base and I, and I do think it matters that he was dealing and, and listen, they didn't score a run in the game and they only scored one run of the two games. And that's actually the biggest reason why none of us, you know, why they're not playing anymore. Right. right. But, um, I didn't like it. I actually wish I would have said a little bit more about it on the air. I just kind of documented what was happening and tried to explain to people, for those who don't know, this is why they're doing it. And I got accused of defending it. And I like documenting and defending are different things. Um, I, I didn't like it. And I also think it sent and sent ripples through that clubhouse, man. Like I know, I know that pitchers walked into John Schneider's office after and said, we know this wasn't your decision. Um, uh, and, and you guys know that, um, like this comes from above and I believe a manager should be given all the information in the world. But at the end of the day, I think the manager needs the autonomy to do what they think is best. And, um, you know, I'm not saying John Schneider is Bruce Bochy or Terry Francona or anything like that, but those guys, you know, those guys, once those guys have earned the right where they get, you know, thank you for the information. And then you get to do, um, what you want. And, and those are very analytically inclined organizations, Cleveland and Texas, right? So, um, you know, they, listen, they might not have won the game, even if they'd left Barrios in and they might not have come close to winning the series. But, uh, I, I think they took like a 52, 48 probability and said, well, let's go with 52 and, and, you know, over the course of a season. Okay. But in a specific moment, uh, you know, on the road in a playoff game with a man on base and, and it, it just, I, I just, I didn't feel it was the best way that they could have done that. Dan, I've never asked you this before, and because I'm going to ask you because you talk to a lot of different managers. You've seen up close and personal a lot of different managers. Can you give me your definition of what you think in 2023 a good manager is? I think you've got to be, first and foremost, I think you've got to have what Terry Francona has more of or had more now that he's stepped away, more of than anybody I've ever seen. And that's the ability to get guys to play hard and play for the team and to feel important, whether they're the first man or the 26th man. I think that's Terry Francona's genius. And, and I think it's, you know, getting all guys to pursue a common goal for the betterment of the team is the number one thing. 
The second thing, I, I still think strategy is important. Listen, we all see Pete Walker there with all the charts and Guillermo Martinez with all the charts. They're getting a lot of information, but I, I, I still think strategy is important. You know, do I, uh, do I bring my lefty in to face the five, six, seven or the seven, eight, nine? And, and, and a lot of that is, a, is predetermined. Sometimes it's a little bit too predetermined, I guess, as, as we, as we have discussed, but I, I still think there's, there's strategy uh, involved there. You know, like it could be as simple as do you bring in Schneider, Espinal, or Merrifield to pinch hit in this kind of a situation, or how long do I go with my pitcher? A lot of that's gone away, but I still think strategy is important. But I, but honestly, I think I think number one is is making all 26 guys feel equally important and get get getting them all to pursue a common goal. Yeah, Dan, I'm sure we'll hear more. We will hear more from Ross Atkins tomorrow about the the makeup of the team. Um, look, we you you. You every you touched on it during the telecast, and it, it's absolutely right. And we've talked about it, and you reiterated it today. The the Jays lost the series because they had one extra base hit in yep. however many innings. Um, yeah, that that's just fact. And yes, they had guys picked off. I know that, but they 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 had one extra base hit again. Can't put it any other way. Yeah. How different do you think the lineup will be next year? And and do you think? Yeah. Do you think we may see a significant everyday player from this team moved Ooh. to address? That's a great question. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a million dollar question. Uh-huh. Yeah, can I let me back up for one sure. second? Can I say one last thing about analytics? Yes, um, because I don't want this to be portrayed as old man yelling at cloud. Um, no, that would be me. People know yeah, you're that's, not old. That, that's you. Yes, yes. Uh, that that's you. Um, and it's always much cloudier over you than it is over me or Kevin or anybody else. I know there's a more clouds for you to yell. But um, again, I, I Jesus, think there's where a did that real... come from? <laughs> I just felt it was the ball was on the tee. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I was. Thank yeah. you for that. Um, it just again, I think there's a million good ways that analytics can be used. And I, and I guess I'm defending myself a little bit here. My major in university was statistics and actuarial science. Oh, I come was on. The, wow. I was I was the nerdiest of the math nerds that ever lived and. I love math. I love numbers. So, but I think there's got to be a balance of that and human feel and autonomy in the dugout and that sort of thing. Okay, mm-hmm. on to your uh, on to your next question. Um, the lineup. So, I think we all agree probably that Chapman, Belt, um, Kiermaier, and Merrifield probably none. Of, they're not. None of them are coming back. I don't mm-hmm. think it, does. It, it probably doesn't make sense on either side for any of them um, to come back. So. Uh, they've got some holes to fill. I think they can figure out second base, uh, and, and I envision second base could be kind of a Biggio Schneider thing, or Elvis Martinez could figure in there, maybe not a, you know right out of the chute. Um, I, I kind of don't want Cavan Biggio late. Like, I, I like Cavan Biggio moving around. Laddie DH's Cavan plays first. Springer DH's Cavan plays right. Um, I, I think Cavan Biggio's value is being the 10th man who plays a lot, you know, who plays – five, six days a week and, and you put them where you need them. So um, to me, the, well, they've got, they need a third baseman. Um, they need an outfielder and they need a DH. So they need, they need at least three. Uh, again, you're hoping some of this comes from within. Like is David Schneider really a thing? Is he a platoon thing? Is he an everyday thing? We don't know. Um, but the only way to find out is to give him a shot. And I really, really, really hope they give some of their kids uh, shot here to see uh, how they do, whether it's Martinez or Barger. And again, that might be May or June. I don't know, but they've got to make decisions in the offseason before they find out what those guys look like at spring training. So 
there's not a ton out there on the free agent market, as mm-hmm. you know. Um, there's very, very little. Um, you know, like I looked at third baseman yesterday for about a minute and a half, and Jamer Candelario is out there. He's a nice player. He's a good mm-hmm. player. He's not a star. He's a switch hitter. Uh, he hits lefties way better than righties. You'd probably prefer for it to be the other way around. But, like, he's a nice player, but he's not going to solve the power issue they had this year. No. Um, I'll, I'll give you a fun one. I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world if they went after Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and brought him back mm-hmm. to play left and moved Varsho to center. Um, I wonder if they're going to have any issues attracting free agents this year because of what went on. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. But I do know free agents are going to call up guys who are on the Blue Jays and say, is it good over there? Would yeah. you, would you, I'm your buddy. Would you tell me to come there? You know, and, and that happens. We all know that happens, sure it right? Does. So, um, but they, they, I think the kind of bat they need, at least one of, can only be gotten through trade. Yeah. I don't think there's enough on the free agent market. Um, and then your second question was, are there, you know, could we see a significant position player not here next year? Um, are you coyly saying Flatty or, or, or no, you just I'm saying not. anybody? Or, uh, no, I'm not. I, I, I mean, yeah. look, I, I mean, I've, I mean, I don't know. I, I, at, at, at some point, at some point, you've got to have a discussion about Vladdy. If you're not going to resign him, you get into that whole, do we let him walk yeah. for a draft pick or do we trade him for something territory? And if we're going to trade him for something, we're going to get more if we trade him two years. I, I just, I, if we trade him two years instead of the last year. I, I don't know. I think right. it has. To, I think stuff like that has to be on the table. I'm not yeah, saying well, I would do it, but I think stuff yeah. like that has to be on the table for this team because I, I haven't won with them here, and that's not I his agree. fault, but it's yeah. true. I, I don't think there's any chance they trade Bichette. I don't think there's any chance Springer gets traded. I think you know George is 34, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, they're not trading Varsho. I don't see any way they trade Jansen. Um, I don't think Vladdy gets traded. Uh, I think he's back. The main reason I say I don't think he gets traded is I don't know how in the world anybody knows what he is. Like, That's a great point. I don't know how in the world the Blue Jays and Team X could agree on what Vladdy's value is. Yeah. Um, right? So yeah. the Blue Jays would probably want this, and the other team would say, well, if you want that, why don't you, if he's that good, why don't you just keep him? So um, I don't think he gets traded. I hope he has a heck of a winter, and like everybody, and they all come in uh, angry as hell and, and, and you know, play – like it's the last year they're ever going to be allowed to play baseball. They, they, this is three years of tough, tough stuff, right? Yep. For for this team, I, I don't put 2020 in there. Expanded playoffs. Tampa Bay was better. Like that's that's all they were back there. They were mm-hmm. such a young team back then. So, but the last three years have been very tough. So, um, I think if they're going to make a trade, Jeff, I think it's more likely they trade from the farm and they don't have a ton on the farm. Like in you want to see Arelvis Martinez here and you want to see Addison Barger here to see if they're anything right. And, and obviously Ricky Tiedemann, like um, I hope, and I don't know if you can make a big trade without giving up some of those guys. I think they're in a bit of a pickle right now, to be honest Mm -hmm. with you. And, and um, uh, somehow they got to find more power. One of the ways Mm -hmm. to find more power is for the guys they've got to hit for more power. Like all the guys like Kirk and Vladdy and Springer and Varsho all hit fewer home runs than they hit the year before. And if those guys could just get back to the year before, that's adding 25 or 30 home runs to the team. No, I was just going to say, and you talked about, you know, free agents and that too. I, I, I guarantee you that one of the other discussions players are going to be having is what happened to the power at the Rogers center. Where, 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 yeah. all, where'd all those yeah. hits go? Like if I'm a pitcher, I'm, I've, I've noticed that I've got to think if I'm a hitter, I've probably noticed it as well. Now money can yep. make that go away, but 
you know, if if everything's equal, you start looking at things like that. Yeah, I saw I like once a month or so I go on uh, Baseball Savant and they have a ballpark ballpark factors there mm-hmm. you can look at. And it was really low in the beginning and it kind of evened out towards the end of the year. And I did ask John Schneider, I think in the last week of the season of the homestand, I said, are there more balls at home where you go, man, I thought that ball was going out than on the road. And he said, not really. And so that, so that made me think, okay, then they're just not hitting as well um, at home or striking the ball as well at home. But, you know, they scored a lot fewer runs at home and their opponents allowed, uh, you know, a noticeable fewer amount of runs in Toronto than they did in the 81 road games that the Blue Jays played as well. I, I think it will normalize you. You know, I think it's kind of a first year thing and it'll, it'll probably be okay. But is whoever of all the crazy things we've talked about, whoever thought oh. we would have talked about, is it a problem that the Rogers center is now a pitcher's park? Like, you know, that wasn't on the list. Eh? <laughs> no, exactly. I was, I was thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, generations of, uh, or not generations, but years of blue Jays pitchers are probably looking at that and saying, well, why yeah. the hell didn't he make that change when I was here? Yeah. Dan, you mentioned the George Springer, and I wondered the way we watched uh, the Twins pitch to George. They weren't afraid of him. Like I, they they weren't afraid to throw him fastballs. And I get you mentioned the thirty four, and you know every time you hear thirty four from a baseball player, you cringe. I don't like to cringe, but you do. I don't look at George as a thirty ninety guy anymore. I look at him as I'm happy that he can play a hundred and forty game, George. Mm-hmm. Do you yep. think going into spring training next year, he should be the lead? I don't want to say will be. I want to say should be the leadoff hitter for the Blue Jays. I think it depends on who else they get, to yeah. be honest with you. Um, you know, I, it, it was great that he played. Was it 154? Is it, that what, yeah, it's a yeah. lot. It's a lot like, more than Norman plays. Yeah. And I thought his play in right field was good this year. I did. And he stole 20 bases, which was a career high. Um, but you'd like more thump, like his OPS was like 730 or something. His OPS plus was like 105 or something, Mm -hmm. meaning he's 5% better than the average hitter. Um, You know, maybe the days of being a 130 to 140 guy are gone, but, you you know, you'd like to see uh, a little bit more, and hopefully there is. He had some a couple of deep slumps. Remember he played through that virus and tended with for, right? And he literally went like two for 40 over those 10 days. I'm not giving him a pass, but if you take those 10 days out when he was sick and played, I think the numbers would look a little bit better. Um, But yeah, like he's 34. How many guys are as good as they've ever been at the age of 34? It's just, it just is what it is. So, um, but whether he hits first or fourth or fifth or something like that, um, I'm not so concerned with that. I think it depends on, on, what else they get. Like we know Bo Bichette is going to hit uh, and, and Vladdy, obviously if they're both back. They're both going to hit up at the top of the order. But to me, they still need a somebody to break up that trio a, a, a little bit. I, I and, and forgive me for saying what I've said a hundred times on the air this year, the, their struggles in the first inning absolutely stunned me this year. How do you score fewer runs in the first inning than in any other inning of the game? Mm-hmm. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Go yep. look. They scored. They scored more innings, more runs in all of those, each of those other innings than in the first, which is counterintuitive. It's just not the way baseball works because your best hitters are coming up in the first inning. And I know the starting pitcher is fresh too, but I promise you, no other team in baseball scored its ninth most runs in the first inning this year. So I think they need somebody, whether it's somebody hitting second or third or first, whatever. I don't care who's 
a real force up there and preferably a switch hitter or a left-handed batter just to give the pitcher a little bit of a different look. And now you're trying to thread a needle, right? You're so there, there, how many of those guys are out there that are available? So, um, you know, sounds like a team, lot. it sounds like a lot. It does. Right? And, and, yeah. And then go get that guy. So, yeah. you know, if, if, if Kevin Biggio is going to be the best version of himself, can you stick him in the two spot with the on-base percentage at all? Ooh. That's great, but I don't know if that's enough to make the opposing manager or pitcher go, whoa. So, and Kevin had a great second half and really was one of their best players. Like, in the one was one of their very best players in the second half, and I hope he carries it over and has a great 2024. But I think they need a legitimate force um, uh, up somewhere up there at the top of the lineup, and I, I don't know how they're going to get that. I don't know. It, it's going to be tough to – Tough to trade with. They're they're almost non existent on the free agent market. It's going to be tough to trade for a guy like that, obviously. Danny, before we let you scoot, I want to move off the uh, Blue Jays. The series we're looking at now, you've got the uh, Twins and the Astros, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Braves and Phillies, which I think is going to be something else, mm-hmm. and Orioles, Rangers. Which series is the most intriguing to you? Well, uh, I'm thinking about the champions classic in Chicago right now. And on November the 15th, my basketball, I have, I have flipped the switch, but I like Kevin's can by his uh, Kansas question very much, but yeah. um, which is intriguing to me. So I will tell you, I have a, uh, if I have no vested interest in anything, I have a very strong case of uh, underdog bias. Mm-hmm. Um, if you told me the twins and the diamondbacks were going to meet in the world series, I'd love that. I, I don't, you know, I don't care that the television ratings might not be what it is or something. I, I think it's cool for teams that haven't been there uh, a lot to be there. I, I, I would probably say, uh, I mean, the Phillies Braves is the easy answer, right? But I, I would probably say Diamondbacks and Dodgers. I, I think because after Blue Jay games, like, uh, you know, I would drive home and yep. watch West Coast games all the time. So I've watched a lot of those teams. And the Diamondbacks, not so much this year. But in other years, they've gotten kicked around by the Dodgers, like over and over and over again. And if they're able to beat them in a playoff series, I think that would be great theater. So if I had to pick just one of the four to watch, I think it would be the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. Dan, you've been great all year with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, I know how hectic your schedule is, traveling and and fatherhood and things of that nature. (laughs) So, uh, again, thanks for this. Have a great offseason. And uh, travel safely. Yeah, you're the best. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. You too. Uh, have an easy winter. We'll talk, I'm sure. And uh, hopefully we're in Dunedin before we know it. Awesome. Absolutely. Take care. Yeah. That is Dan Shulman, TV voice of the Blue Jays and college basketball in the United States. There you go. Shout out Blacksburg. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun. I, I haven't been there in a long time. I need to go. I want to take so you my were gonna son take, and my wife. You, you were going to take me to a football game there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure you made me mad and I changed my mind. Probably. Yeah, it happens a lot. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I know the the basketball team. I think's good. I mean, I know the ba- the baseball team's getting a lot better. Uh, the, the football, football team's team not, not good, good at all. No. I mean, the coach don't even know how to get to the field. He gets stuck in the elevator. Like that right there should tell you, you should fire him right out the gate. So I, it's that's a little harsh well, on the coach. The quarterback, you know as well as anybody, even though you hate football. I don't uh, think you be. hate college football though, do you? No, I do not hate I, college football. You have to have a quarterback. I like, I quarterback is the most yes. important part of that, and you can't stink as a football team or a good quarterback don't want to come there because you're not going to be televised enough for them to be seen and make tons of money. So yeah, I think that's what it is. And, and I'm, I'm, I appreciate Dan saying that I do think the, the, because the basketball team has had success against Duke the last couple of years, that's helped a little bit. And I would think that's fun. 
if you're announcing a basketball game in college and they're right on the court. Oh, I think it'd be true. I mean, I would think that'd be awesome. The way, you know, the way the, the, the students are. And but I, I would think he would say Duke. You yeah. See, you watch Duke. They're jumping up and down. And I, I would think it would be there in North Carolina. Kansas was a, was a different. I've been, take, I've, I think. I've been lucky enough. I haven't gone to final four, but I've been lucky enough to go to three regionals and, uh, Tremendous. Absolutely. I may have to talk basketball. to Dan and get me tickets to a Kansas game. I mean, I know some people in Kansas that I could, I mean, I may need to get Dan to hook me up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. How about would. who you know? Uh, Jeff Passan is ESPN's MLB insider. He will be all over the Twins Astros series. Carlos Correa returning to Houston. I'd throw at him. <laughs> You're a bad human being. Jeff Passon joins us. That's awful. First and best. Why? Set the tone. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah, how'd that feel? Take your base. <laughs> it's Blair and Barker on Sports. That's horrible on Sportsnet 590, the fan and Sportsnet. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, it is the final half hour of the two hour Blair. Are you excited about that or disappointed? I'm disappointed. (laughs) Not what you said to me earlier. I'm disappointed because I, <laughs> yeah, I have to find somebody to 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 abuse me for two hours now, and I'm sure that won't be hard to find. Well, no, <laughs> the lineup. Uh, see, they agree. The lineup. <laughs> the lineup is long. The lineup is long. It's um, all out of love, Jeffrey. What? It's all it's out of love. It's all out of love. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, you've been around as long as I have. The lineups for everything are long. <laughs> um. <clears throat> We'll be uh, on the air from 11 to noon Eastern starting Tuesday. Our uh, regular shift will be on through the World Series. And then once the World Series is over, we'll have our weekly podcast. And then spring training will roll around. And uh, You picked the Braves? I did. I, I, I'll take the Astros. I think it'll be the Braves too, but for just for fun's sake. I picked the Braves pick at the, the start Astros. of the year, though. You can't do that. Let's bring in Jeff Pass into the ESPN. <laughs> Joining us on oh, Blair and man. Barker. Passing, who did you pick to go to the World Series? Oh, yeah. Were you Braves and who, were no. you Braves and Blue Jays? Oh, oh. I, I was. Yeah. I had the Braves winning, though. So I think I, I, I did, too. Yeah. Good one, Jeff. Good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to happen. You, you know, know what? You know what? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen at this point. <laughs> I mean, it's better than my pick, uh, like, the year before, which was, like, White Sox. So. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hate making here's, those here's picks. I really do. I hate it. It's the worst. It, it, I, we're it's forced single, to do it. it I is, hate it. It, it. it is the single worst thing about my job because here's the reality. If I get them right, of course I should get them right. Look at what I do for a living. And if I don't get them right, I suck at my job. <laughs> it is the lose losingest proposition oh, of all time. I'm it with really you. And, and it's fine. Listen, it's, it's fine. I, it, here's, here's the other part of it. Like, I have the coolest job in the world. So if this is as bad as my job gets, shut up, Jeff. Like, exactly. stop complaining. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, shut up, Jeff Hassan, not shut up, Jeff Lee. Yeah, I know. I, I may s- tell you to shut up later, but. Yeah, I'd know. rather break down Vladdy three million times than pick. That's just me. <laughs> are, are you are you sure? Yeah, I've done it. Because All year of, I've done because it. Both of, 
Yeah, both of those sound like awful propositions. <laughs> so how about three million different ways, Jeff? Try that. I've done it. Ask, ask the other Jeff. Yeah, you, 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 different ways. Yeah, you throwing oh, a lot of you throwing a lot of stuff Whew. out there. Hey, uh, is this, I, I gotta I gotta say this yes. has to have been an incredible three days of radio for you guys. I, I'm being I'm being serious. That was tiring because because it is it is very rare when you see something collapse so spectacularly, like where you see it, you guys have seen this coming yeah. for six months yep, and it still exceeded expectations with how bad it was. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I hate to say it, you know, you look at the, I mean, Bo and Vladdy haven't had a, they, they've not had a lot of postseason joy since they've been here. You know, the loss to Seattle last year, that was just shocking the way it happened. But I mean, that was like, that was like yeah. a car crash, you know, Springer running into Bo and being carted off. I mean, that was just, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. this year it was, I mean, it was like I said, October 3rd could have been May 3rd, could have been June 3rd. They lost Predict the way they've lost every game this year. At least they made it interesting with the Jose Barrios decision. So it kind of gave us uh, something different to chew over. But I, I have to tell you, though, I think that this, the thing with Jose Barrios, I, I think it's kind of an inflection point for this franchise because I think a lot of people want a lot of answers to a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And my guess is they're probably going to get it. Uh, they're probably going to get answers to those questions this offseason. That's just my guess because I think the organization realizes they got to do some explaining here. Look, Jeff, I don't want to get into analytics versus old school because, it, I mean, it's just it's the argument isn't it, it's just not going to just it's just dumb. Well, well yeah, here's, here's it's dumb. Here, well, here's OK. So I, I am going to get into it. I don't care if you don't want to get into okay. it. Um, <laughs> I, um, I, I think I, I think this you. whole thing is is just so supremely overblown this is not about analytics versus old school this is about having a manager who is emboldened or not emboldened and the choice was made that they want to have someone there who listens to what they tell them and it is a top-down organization which most are in baseball these Mm -hmm. days and the question to me is not do you have more or fewer analytics because all analytics are is information it's where does the power in the organization rest and how much of it is distributed from the front office to the manager and i think more and more we're going to see that balance of power be distributed back into the dugout because the imbalance frankly has gotten out of hand across the sport yeah i would just like to see jose barrios who was really really good let he was oh he was like I, I i said this before it started they jeff asked me what do you what will you be looking for and i said foot strike when his foot hits the ground everything's got to be on time because he's eliminated the windup guess what everything was on time it was a tick harder it was tunneling longer it was breaking more he had three different breaking balls i just wanted to see the outcome i wanted to see one of the reasons why they were there have the chance to go a little bit further. I don't care about the other stuff. I just wanted to see it. That's all. But I want can I I want to see or ask you because I think you might know the answer to this. Is there anybody that would be a good fit in the offseason for the Jays lineup other than Otani? That's the obvious dump a bunch of money. I'm not even sure he'd want to come here. But 
Is there anybody else that would be just a nice little fit that could hit the ground running, protect Vladdy, hit 35 homers, drive in close to 100, and hit cleanup? Cody Ballinger? I mean, that, that, that would help. You think he'd want to come here? For money. Um, yeah, sure. If they'll pay him, absolutely. Um, this is, you're going to laugh at this, Teoscar Hernandez. <laughs> See, I'm not laughing at that. No, I, yeah, because I, look, I, look, that right center thing, and especially yeah, when they yeah. moved the fences in here at the Rogers Center, that would make total sense. But I just don't know if that's if that's feasible. Like, I don't know if their uh, yeah, relationship I, I between I the two is there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how palatable it is. Um, Jorge Soler, uh, if he opts out. Right. That's a good one. Yeah. Let me. Um, you know, I hate to, I hate to do this again. Lourdes Gurriel. <laughs> that's funny. Dan Schulman just mentioned Lourdes Gurriel. Yeah, Jr. but maybe not hitting cleanup though, right? You're needing that little bit more length and, I mean, he's a good – he could hit yeah. close to 300. I'm talking about that sort of – I just think Vladdy yeah. needs help. Vladdy can't do it on his own, and he needs a threat yeah, Kevin, standing Kevin, on the on-deck circle. That's all. No, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't agree. See, I don't agree with you on that. All right. I, 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 I think Vladdy needs help. Um, I think it's with himself. I don't think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to be fixed because somebody bigger or better or stronger is hitting behind him. Hmm. I think he needs to get his own act together. I think he needs to go out there and tell himself, I am a superstar. I need to start acting like it. Mm. Um, and, and honestly, like, I wonder, is that in a Blue Jays uniform? Oh, that, that's oh. the, are, are, we not, are we not discussing that at this point? Not this offseason. Well, you think? I mean, yeah. I listen. I why Shulman why? and I. I mean, I we kind of threw this out there, and 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 it, I mean, the guy you haven't signed him to long term contract. He's a free agent in two yep. years, and yep. you're going to have to have that discussion at some point. I mean, yeah. you just are, and I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying, oh my God, go out and trade Vladdy, but I'm saying if I'm not going to sign him to a long term contract, I have to at least listen. Yep. A hundred percent. You are having organizational malpractice if you do not talk about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and trades this offseason. I'm not saying you move him. I'm not saying you, you like, try to, try to push him on other teams. But if you are not getting a sense of what he would return you at this point, um, that is a fireable offense. Because where we are in his timeline right now is the moment where he probably would get the maximum return. And in the maximum return right now is almost certainly not enough to move him at this point because he is coming off of uh, a down season after the MVP type year. And then an even downer season this year. Mm. Um, like what, what was he this year? He was an average player this year, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, if you look, exactly. if you if you look just straight up by wins above replacement, if someone's getting 600 at bats, he should be getting two wins above replacement. That is an average ass player right there, and that's exactly what he was. And it's a bummer because we have seen him be anything but average. We have seen him be a world beater. We have seen him be a titan. We have seen him be a guy who looks like he's going to be a standard bearer in this sport for a decade to come. 
and that guy just has not shown up the last two years. Hey Jeff, the uh, you know the incident with with Jose Barrios and the and 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 the fuss around it um, would that typically have an impact on? potential free agents or, you know, even if you were going to trade for a guy who is eligible for free agency in a couple of years and might be interested in signing a long-term contract, do you think money can, in, in this day and age, money's enough to over, you know, to, to overcome that? Or do you think, do you think guys will want to know what went into that decision and, and, and what it means about the team and how, and how decisions are made? I think more teams, Jeff, are run like the Blue Jays than the alternative. So I think because of the prevalence of that, you know, it's less of a deal, right? Used to it now. Yeah, yeah. I think it's 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 a it's a money thing. Like that's all. It's it's going to be a money thing for for ninety five percent of guys out there. In the end, it's going to be a money thing. You know, you're going to see a case like Zach Eflin, who mm-hmm. and, and he ended up getting the same amount of money. But the you know the Red Sox had the biggest offer on the table, and. Uh, he ended up getting it matched in Tampa, but I, I think he would have considered going to Tampa for like a million dollars less because that's home for him, right? So you, you see situations like that. But if, if the money's bigger, it almost always wins. So we've got Phillies, Braves, Diamondbacks, Dodgers, uh, Rangers, Orioles, um, Twins, Astros. I believe that's a series you're doing, correct? Mm-hmm. You're going to be... You're going to be at Twins yeah, Astros. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm. I'm. I'm taking. I'm taking a couple of days at home to. Uh, I mean, I probably would have been okay, honestly. I wasn't sure how my back was going to handle being on the road. Turns out it was all right. Um, but I'm um, taking care of a of a child this weekend, and then I will be uh, going up to to Minneapolis for games three and four, and then going up to Calgary to uh, uh, say goodbye to my friend Christophe. Um. Yes, and and uh, well, I I mean we exchange I exchanged a text with you in this, but yeah, condolences on uh, on uh, mm-hmm. on uh, Chris's uh, passing. I, I appreciate that. Like I said a lot of a lot of a lot of the hockey and baseball people um, have a lot of nice things to say about Chris and Kelsey. Um, so, what series do you think has the potential to be? I'm going to ask you this: the most dramatic. Maybe not the one that provides an upset, but what series do you think has the potential to be oh the most God. dramatic? I mean, the Phillies Braves, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you've got this 104-win juggernaut that won the division over the other team by 14 games, a team that won the World Series two years ago, but got ousted by this other team that went to the World Series last year and was within two games of winning itself. You've got... Uh, the the Braves with this lineup that has the highest slugging percentage in history and one through nine is dangerous and frightening and has questions about its pitching staff beyond Spencer Strider and and there are questions you know about what Spencer Strider is going to do during the right. postseason because uh, he didn't exactly acquit himself particularly well last year and uh, then you've got Philadelphia that just seems to have all this momentum coming out of the the wild card series and uh, you know the they are the one team, Jeff. They are the one team, Jeff, that makes me believe in Mojo. They really do. The Phillies. They just do. Yeah, I know. I know. They have Mojo until they strike out 12 times against Strider, right? <laughs> that's true. Like, that's, I just, that's, that's, that's my whole thing about Mojo and vibe in baseball. Like, your Mojo and your vibe are only as good as your winning streak. Like, that's, that's, right. that just goes away really quickly. I do. Here's the thing, though. I love the Phillies clubhouse. 
Um, I mean, I don't know if uh, yeah, you were still covering ball when the Phillies were yes, like like yeah, it was a terrible clubhouse. It was awful. Um, just the worst. Yeah. yeah. Um, this clubhouse is like the opposite of that. I love love seeing the Phillies. I think it's a great environment in Citizens Bank Park. I was saying is is kind of taken on a life of its own at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really interesting how like that that stadium has taken in my mind the mantle from Rogers Center as like the loudest place that I go. It used to be Rogers Center. It is not Rogers Center anymore. Nope. What do you think we'll get from Kershaw and Verlander? I have always been the person to a fault who has said Clayton Kershaw is going to be great in the playoffs just because I I want to believe it. I have I have a soft spot for Kershaw. I, I saw Kershaw. I met him when he was in double-A at 19 years old. And, and it's weird that now, like, he's the old guy. Hmm. That means I'm the old guy. And so, like, sort of growing <laughs> up together, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been great to see. And Verlander, like, uh, you know, Verlander's been solid since he's gone to Houston. He's not been great. He's just been, he's been pretty good. Yeah. And I was, you know, I have a story up on ESPN.com right now that I, I think is very interesting. It looks into these eight different categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think, uh, you know, it's not a secret sauce necessarily, but uh, successful playoff teams uh, tend to embody these things. And one of them uh, was starting pitching. And I had the Astros, you know, big three starting pitchers. I had the Astros at number one, but it was as much on reputation as anything else. And I had the Dodgers, oddly enough, at eighth. Um, because we've, you know. Who's their starter after? <laughs> It's Bobby Miller who yeah. hasn't, you know, thrown a hundred innings in his career in the big leagues and hasn't ever started a playoff game. Um, and and after him, is it Lance Lynn is it Ryan Pepio? I mean, you know, the the depth that the Dodgers have had in the past, whether it was with Julio Arias, Walker Buehler, Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin. I mean, <laughs> that is a that is four fifths of a really good rotation right there, and all of them are out right now. So. Uh, if the Dodgers, if the Dodgers make it, not just uh, not just past this round against the Diamondbacks, but any further in the playoffs, this is going to be one of the best jobs that Dave Roberts has done managing because he he more than anyone I think is going to have to manage his way through this postseason. Yeah, I uh, I mean the one thing I will say, uh, uh, given given the state of the Dodgers pitching, my sense is that uh, the Jose Barrios move will not be the last <laughs> pitching change that is uh, that is discussed during this postseason because I think we're gonna see, we're gonna have I think we're gonna have to see some funky dude, stuff dude, out of dude, the Dodgers. Rangers, dude, no, dude, dude, there's gonna there's gonna be nothing like that. There's going to be nothing like that because he was good. <laughs> like if any other team has a starting pitcher who's good like that, they are not going to take him out. I, I, I guarantee it. That was, it was one of those things that you can first guess and feel good about. Um, Cause even if here's the thing, um, I, I discussed this with a lot of people in the days after, especially like I went to my friends in analytics departments and said, okay, like sell me on Barrios. And like they, they really couldn't, um, it was more a, you know, if Kikuchi comes in and pitches well, this is all moot. 
If he doesn't blow the lead, this is all moot, right? And that's that's true. That's the part of this that I think is is really hard for people who are anti-analytics and got annoyed by the Barrios move to, to come to terms with, that there was as good of a chance the way you say Kikuchi's been pitching lately and has pitched this year that he came in and shoved. And they, you know, they, it was a zero-zero game, right? That that was well within the realm of possibility, and and we're not talking about this if that's what happened. To me, though, this was a hundred percent more a process thing. What does this say about the process that you are are so hemmed into this idea of there being pockets and you having to attack this pocket? Um, it says that there's just not a lot of creativity. That's not being creative. That's being safe. That's being scripted. That's not reading the game, the moment, the feel, all the things that baseball is about. And I'm not suggesting that that is a better way necessarily than the buttoned-up way, but I thought Ken Rosenthal's column was, mm-hmm. you know, was spot on. Um, I, I think that baseball, in a lot of ways, has lost its feel, and it reminds me a lot, guys, of how we treat arms right now. You know, when we couldn't put our finger on what was causing pitchers to get injured, what did we do? We pulled back. We pulled back on the number of innings they threw, the number of pitches they threw, the the amount of work they did. We did it because that was the safe way to do things. Baseball's gotten so safe and so scared, and what ends up happening is this game that for a century plus was super organic to to the point where flawed decisions were being made has swung too far the other way. The pendulum's gone too far the other way. It's not, it's, you know, it's just a little out of whack. This this doesn't take a a huge change. It doesn't need to, to swing back fiercely in the other direction. It just needs a correction because it has overcorrected. Jeffrey, we're going to let you run, my friend. Have a uh, have a great uh, a great postseason, a great off season. Travel safely, and uh, we'll be in touch. You know, Absolutely. we appreciate your time, and we appreciate your yeah. input as always. Thanks. For sure. See you, buddy. Boys, this is always this is always uh, one of, if not my favorite, show to go on, and you guys are the best. So, thank you for having me and for for being so kind all season. And thanks uh, everyone who listened and enjoyed or didn't enjoy and kept listening anyway. Nice. <laughs> Take care. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, See Jeff. Ya. Jeff Passan, MLB Insider with ESPN. Um, man, we've just got a couple of minutes left. Yeah, I know. So. We'll hear from Ross Atkins tomorrow, and then we'll hear from Mark Shapiro on Thursday. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, maybe well, it we'll, sounds like he might clear some things up. Maybe we'll get a uh, maybe we'll get a different sense of uh, maybe, maybe it's clear idea. Maybe it's something that we haven't heard before. Could be. Could be. I mean, I hope it is because, like I said, I just think it's important. Um, people are willing. Listen, people want to understand, and I've always kind of felt that that. The important thing is if you get a chance to explain to people, and again, I'm not saying you have to tell people state secrets. I mean, that's just silly. There's proprietary stuff. Um, but I think people have a get an idea of why stuff is done the way it's done. Right. At least it allows, at least it allows us to know what we're doing. When we're beating people over the head. It helped end your season. Yeah. You know, it'd be nice to, uh, maybe yeah. we'll know. Uh, so again, a reminder 
as we leave. This is our final uh, two-hour show of the year. We will be back on Tuesday from 11 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590. The fan. You can always catch us via podcast. And because we're on from 11 to noon, a podcast will be up earlier than usual. So I know a lot of folks like that. Uh, starting Tuesday, we'll be on 11 to noon Eastern uh, through to the end of the World Series. We will be doing weekly podcasts in the off season. I would imagine that we'll probably sneak away for a couple of weeks holiday at some point, but we will be back with weekly podcasts uh, during the off season. And of course, anytime anything significant happens <clears throat> involving the Blue Jays, we will put together in a podcast. And as always, you can, uh, all the breaking news will be on sportsnet.ca or right here on Sportsnet 590 fans. So uh, Kevin, Thanks for uh, putting up with me. Yeah, for another year. Yeah, this is fun. We we have the best fans in the world on this show. We do. Yeah, they they push me to bring different content to certain players every day, and I appreciate that. I want to do that, and I hope I did it. Yeah, most of the time, I just like to stay out of the way. Well, stay gotta, out of the you way. You got to set me up. You did a good job stay of that. Stay out of the way and not swear and not libel anybody. It's been hard the last couple That's- of days. <laughs> That's it for us, everybody. Have a great weekend. <laughs>